Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. Got real dark brown hair and brown skin. How many of you have seen that? It's been around for 100 years, that picture. And uh, one of the most powerful pictures I've seen was drawn by a little girl about 12 years old. And uh, how many of you have seen that one? I mean, this girl's got talent. It's almost like a photograph. But to see him face to face, but more than that, to get a revelation of who he really is and and what he's done. When God created the heavens, the universe, the galaxies, galaxies are groups of stars and planets that are in lumped together. And stars are like our sun, and then you have planets that orbit, orbit really most of the stars, probably, I don't know, most of them. It's, it's huge. And then God came to the point where he was on the earth, and he was creating everything physically. And, he, and the Bible says he created it with his word. That means he had to have a mouth. The Bible says God the Father is a spirit. He doesn't have a mouth. I guess he could speak if he wants to. But the second part of the Trinity, the Godhead, is Jesus, and he has a mouth. He came in, a, in, in the physical. And every time God created something, he spoke it, and it was. He spoke it, and it was. Then it came time to make his most prized creation, a man and a woman. He created the man out of the dirt, formed him with his own hands. The most unbelievable part, when it came time to bring this man to life, he didn't just blow on him, he blew into him. And I want that to be your prayer from now on. And we have songs, Breathe on Me, Breath of God, and I know all of that. But listen, I want you to pray and ask God to breathe into you. Everything that he is, breathe into you his love. Listen to this. How about breathing into you his ability to forgive? That's one of the, the things that we struggle with more than anything else, forgiving someone who's wounded us. And when... It came time for the man to come alive. It was Jesus. He knelt down and he put his mouth over the mouth of the man. When he blew into him, and the Bible says man became a nephesh, and the Hebrew word means a living soul. He didn't do that with any animal, only the man. It's unbelievable. And there's that picture by the girl. It's amazing, isn't it? We are living in the, in my opinion, we are living in the last of the last days. That means that of all the people who have ever lived on this earth, God is going to require more out of you than any other generation in history. And it's going to be a time that has more fear, more stress than any other. You haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. We are in the midst. We have a president, rightfully so, who's stood up and said it's time that America came first. I don't know how you feel about that, but in my opinion, we can't continue to support every other country on the face of the earth forever. We can't. But while he's doing that, he's not making a lot of friends. Uh, He he claims to be a very close friend of the uh, leader of China, but 
every time we tariff their things that uh, their products that come here they do the same thing there's a little battle going on and I'm praying that doesn't turn into something bigger than it should be and it probably won't be like that uh, if you're wondering if we ever got into a skirmish with China what would cause it probably uh, if China decided to take back Taiwan Taiwan is an island uh, off the coast of China Chiang Kai-shek uh, separated the island, the people from the mainland because of communism. Those people are not communists, they're a democracy. This is what's happening in Hong Kong. I'm, why am I sharing this? Because I want you to understand that things are cycling up. We're seeing more volcanoes, more hurricanes, more. This hurricane that's uh, plowing into Florida, uh, almost a category five which is high as it gets more and more and more of those I'm not trying to scare you but I want you to understand these are prophetic things that were spoken uh, by Jesus in Matthew 24 that would take place at the end of time and we are at that time if you're going to survive and not only survive but survive in power some people say survive in style you're going to have to walk in God's power. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Today uh, in America and around the world, you've got Christian churches that downplay the Holy Spirit. In fact, some of them make fun of you if you're speaking in tongues and, and that kind of thing. They need to be very careful because there is one unforgivable sin, and that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, whatever that means. I don't think I'd want to uh, take a risk. Uh, Penn and Teller, the guys in uh, Las Vegas, the magician guys, the big guy, was on TV not long ago and was ridiculing the Holy Spirit. Ridiculing because he doesn't believe there is a God and so he doesn't think he's any in any danger. But when I heard him say what he said, I literally trembled. He better hope there's not a God. But I want to talk to you today about the source of that power. They call the wind Jehovah. <laughs> yeah, how many of you remember that song, They Call the Wind Mariah? Who knows what that came from? It was a musical. Paint your wagon. Away out here they got a name. Rain and wind and fire. The rain is Tess and the fire is Joe. And they call the wind Mariah. Moriah blows the stars around and sets the clouds a-flying. Moriah, something else, something else, that folks up there are dying. Moriah, Moriah, they call the wind Moriah. The wind is a strange and elusive thing. You can't see it unless you throw some dirt up in it. You're not real sure where it's coming from, and you sure don't know where it's going. But it, it's got great power when it increases its speed. Now, think about that in relation to two realms. There's the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Now, we know all about the physical realm. We know that... Uh, it's kind of nice to have a body living on a physical planet, and if I want to do something, I've got five senses in my body that causes me. To, how many of you have heard of Helen Keller? Now, here's a woman. When she was born, she was totally deaf, totally blind. Now, how do you take a totally deaf, totally blind baby and teach anything? There was a, another woman, and I don't remember her name, but who came up later and volunteered to work with Helen Keller. They literally came up with a, a system of language using touching the palm of Helen's hand. She could literally spell out things, and, and Helen, I don't know how she did it, but she became uh, communicative. She could communicate. She could talk through that, and, and very 
a bright woman. Famous story. If you get, you'll go on Amazon, you can get pick up books about her. But I want you to look at John chapter 3, verse 5, if you would. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, God has three parts. God is the Father, God is the Son, God is the Holy Spirit. You also are created in His image, and you have three parts. In all actuality, in reality, you are a spirit. That's what you are. Animals don't have spirits. Uh, I'd like to think that God's going to uh, make a way for our pets to be with us in eternity. I, if you don't believe that's okay, but that's the way I feel. And, uh, I mean, I, we're dog people, so. But whenever you go to the cemetery and you have a casket there, and you bury that person in the ground, it's not them that you're burying. It's the, it's the vehicle that they used to motivate in this, in this environment, okay? So you are a spirit. You have a soul. Now, your soul is your mind and your emotions, your intellect, and predominantly your will. So you, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Now, listen to this. God is not going to leave your body in the ground. God has every intention of saving all of you. Now, here's how this works. When you go to the front of a church, or you kneel down by your bed, or you're in the bathroom, or wherever it is, and you have come under conviction, and you ask the Lord, Lord, first of all, you say, Lord, please forgive me for all of my sins. That's the first thing you got to do. Then you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Savior. Now, when you do that, he does. Literally, here's what happens. Whenever you get saved, the third part of the Trinity, the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, enters your body, and you get spirit-possessed, but not by a demon. You get possessed by God. Your spirit and God's spirit do this. Now, this is literal. This is not some kind of euphemistic symbolism. This is real stuff. Now, the reason that's important for you to know, it happens instantly. When you say that prayer, you finish with amen. If you mean it in your heart, I mean, you know, some people pray it and they don't mean it. They're just doing it to get grandma off their back. All right? But when you pray it and you mean it, instantly the Holy Spirit entered. Now, if you were, if that happened to you in a church and you left and got in your car and on the way to McDonald's, a big semi-truck hit you and you died, what would, what would happen? You, your spirit, would go straight to heaven because being born again is what happens to your spirit. Now, I got shocked. When God, I was an English teacher, I have a degree in English, and so I know all about tenses. There's past tense, present tense, future tense. And God spoke to me one day, and he said, John, we're not through saving you. Watch this. Past tense. I was saved. I am saved. I am being saved. You see that in the future? Now, what does that mean? Saving your spirit is the easy part. Your, the real you, if you could somehow get your spirit, and this wasn't what I was going to preach on, but anyway. If you could somehow get your spirit to understand who he is and who you are, it would blow your mind. To think that God himself would enter your body. God himself. You are his dwelling place. God doesn't live in buildings like this. He lives in you. Now, he saved you instantly. But how many of you know that all, he lets you on about a three-week 
honeymoon and oh God, it's wonderful and praise God and you, and you worship God. But then you started figuring out something that you'd never guessed. You're still sinning. And most of the, oh, you quit, maybe you quit drinking and you quit the drugs. But the, the big sin that you've noticed, because now one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction to you. Conviction is not condemnation. Condemnation says, you're bad, you'll never be any good, you're going to hell, that's it. Conviction says, like the shepherd to a lamb, take my hand, I'm going to lead you out of there to a better place. I'll lead you, I'll go with you. Do you see the difference? But almost instantly when you get saved, that kicks in. And you start realizing that one of the biggest sin problems you have is with your little old mouth. The Bible says it's your most unruly member, your tongue. Uses that euphemism of uh, the rudder. Can, a little tiny rudder can cause a huge uh, ship. How many of you have been on a cruise? Can cause a, a huge cruise ship to turn left, turn right, or whatever. Now, probably, but if it was a contest between the soul and the body, I'd say your soul is a little harder to deal with even than your body. Now, don't get me wrong. Your body is very demanding. Feed me. Give me something to drink. Sex me. Right? Your soul, however, is in rebellion. God comes, the voice of the Holy Spirit says, uh, John, I want you to forgive Richard. I know that what he said to you was very hurtful and you were crushed. You must forgive him. You, are you crazy, God? You want me to forgive him? I didn't do anything. You, you, you tell him to come over here and beg me to forgive him and then I might think about it. I still probably won't, but I'll think about it. Is this getting in any of you? Let me tell you why God does that. It's not time for you to die yet. And as long as you're still on the earth, God has got to get control of your soul and your body. You, if you're going to have any hope at all of helping somebody, having a ministry, let me tell you a, a couple things about ministry. Ministry is always hard. It's never convenient. And you may think it's glorious and wonderful. I did. I thought, well, I just want to be one of those preachers and people when I preach people throw stuff and run around the room and, and all of that stuff well let me tell you something about uh, shepherds that shepherd sheep a lot of times the sheep are trying to kill the same shepherd you know what I, one of the things I'm thankful for in this church we don't really have a lot of that going on that's what amazed me in this uh, in this rummage sale we had I went back there two or three times and nobody was mad now maybe they did it when I wasn't around but nobody was yelling screaming cussing fighting you know, everybody in this church, I think you're doing really well, and I want you to know how much I appreciate that. But what keeps us healthy and what keeps us powerful is when we obey the voice of God inside of us. Now, God, he's not playing games, folks. Listen, Jesus said it like this. If you will not forgive those who've hurt you, I won't forgive you either. How many of you need to be forgiven? Boy, I do. I do. And so as long as you're alive on this earth, you were saved. Now you are being saved day by day. And you're going to continue to be saved until the day you fall over and your spirit leaves your body and you go to be with him. Are you all getting that? And I got news for all of you here. Every one of you is ordained. Not just me. Every one of you is ordained. Now, God likens the, the Holy Spirit to the wind. It's elusive. It's almost mysterious. What is it? What, and you can't use the word it because he's a he. What is this trinity all about? Why, why does God... Who made God? Now listen to me. When you're seeking this Holy Spirit that we're talking about, you've got, listen to this part, please. 
you've got to be mindful to get rid of all the Ishmaels in your life. Now, what am I talking about? An angel showed up to Abraham one day. There were three of them. One of them was Jesus. Yeah, remember Jesus is older than his mother, same age as his father. And the angel spoke to Abraham and said, I know you and Sarah, or Sarai, are not, you don't have children. Sarah couldn't have children. But God says you're going to have a child. And Sarah laughed about it. She got in trouble over that. After all, she was 95 years old and he was 100. Now, Sarah did what a lot of you do. She decided to help God. You remember the story when the the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen by the Philistines. They had it for years, but you know, it was really kind of a, a riot because they would bring the Ark of the Covenant, which they stole, into the they had a God called Dagon. You remember you remember Samson? He pulled down the Dagon temple. And he uh let's see the best way to say this. The, the Hebrew people, children, took back the ark and they, were, they put it on a cart and they're merrily bringing it back into the city of Jerusalem. Now, listen, God had laid out instructions. When you carry this uh, ark of the covenant, you don't put it on a donkey cart. There, there are holes, staves, or whatever you want to call it, uh, made out of gold and you stick a, a, a pole through there on both sides and four men carry the ark. They put it on a cart. You know, David's dancing around. He's all happy. Well, the cart, one of the wheels falls in a hole, and the cart, the Ark of the Covenant starts teeter, totter, teeter, totter. And a man, trying to help, reached up to steady it. And what happened? God struck him dead right there. Sometimes God does things, and we don't understand why. Because sometimes it appears that our God is a mean God. He's actually a God of mercy. But listen to this. Our God is a judge among, among all the things he is. He's a king. In fact, he's the king of kings and the prince of peace and all of these names that we give him. But he's a judge. As a judge, he doesn't plea bargain. And he demands that everything be done correctly. Yes. Exactly. Now, I don't want to get too far into that story, but uh, Sarah thought she'd help God. So she goes and gets her handmaid, Hagar. She's a, a, pal, a Philistine. She probably young, good looking, so she's the handmaid. Sarah goes and says, I, want, I need a favor from you. I want you to go and sleep with my husband, and he deserves a son, and I can't give him one. Now, big mistake. The Bible doesn't say uh, that Abraham thought about it. He didn't fight against it too much. So she goes in, and she conceives a child, Ishmael. Now, everybody look at me. It was prophesied that because of, the, of what Sarah did, that we would go through thousands of years of trouble between Ishmael and Isaac, the child of promise. Right after uh, a few years went by, and guess what? Sarah conceives a son, and his name is Isaac. Today, all of the Jews can trace their lineage to Isaac. Listen to me. Look at me. All of the Muslims, Islam, the Arabs, they all trace their lineage to Ishmael. Are you listening? Think about that. Thousands of years of hell, torture, death, killing one another because one woman couldn't trust in what God said. Now, I'm not mad at her. You know, her husband, if he was any kind of leader of his home, should have said, Sarah, just go sit down somewhere. We're going to do, do this God's way. But he didn't, did he? 
Now, some of you, and look at me, some of you in here have Ishmael's in your life. Some of you have disobeyed God, and it costs you. I can give you some examples. The Bible, for example, says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. What's the fastest way you can be unequally yoked with somebody? Marry them. And you meet somebody, girls, and he's dashing and he's handsome and he's tall and he's got money and a good job and he drives a Corvette and oh, la-di-da and takes you out and, and he woos you and sweeps you off your feet. And now you're a Christian lady and you've been raised in the church all your life and this guy don't care a flip about God. And God all the time, let me get my flag. The Holy Spirit, watch this, the Holy Spirit is doing this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Take my hand. I'll, I'll show you something better. And what happens? You know, love, love is a powerful uh, narcotic. And what happens? She marries him. First three months is great. And then all hell breaks loose. Honey, would you just go to church with me? You said after we got married, you'd go to church with me. Didn't you say that? Well, I changed my mind. Deal with it. Now, that's an example. How many of you, I don't need to know what it is. How many of you, be on, I'm, a, I'm the first one to raise my hand. How many would join me in raising your hand saying, I got some Ishmael's in my life? Let's be honest. Thank you. Now, some of those Ishmael's, you can't go back on because like the example I gave you, if a child was produced, there's nothing you can do except love that child, right? So what I'm saying is you've got to be so careful in your life that you are following the voice of God. And when he tells you to do something, obey him. Now, if you've got some Ishmael's in your life and you know and I know and God knows that you can get rid of them, please. Please, get rid of them, okay? I'm going to tell you this. Whatever is born in the flesh or starts in the flesh, it will always end in the flesh. Ishmael is where Islam came from. Now, Muslims today are telling you that the entire country of Israel belongs to them. Now, why would they say that? Because of Ishmael. They, they go back to Ishmael. But you got to understand something. The religion of Islam started in 600 A.D. That was only 1,400 years ago. The Jews have been there for 4,000 years. I don't think it's any, it takes an expert to figure out who's got the claim on the country. Amen? Today, we're still fighting the battle between Isaac and Ishmael. You know, that, that I, I admonish you to go and read that story. You know, Abraham, all of us kind of trace our faith back to him, the Jews, and so do Christians, and I'll tell you why. In one single incident, he proved who he was and what he was made out of. God came to Abraham when Ish, uh, Isaac, I'm sorry, Isaac was just a young boy. He said, I require you to take your son Far away, I'll show you where, and I want you to sacrifice him to me, a blood sacrifice. Now, now everybody listen. There were people back then in, in pagan religions that were killing their children for crops and, and uh, God, uh, help it rain. Well, I'll kill my child if you'll bring rain. It's amazing. This was Abraham's son. Now, most men have a thing about sons. Well, they love their daughters too, but they love their sons. So Abraham takes Isaac, and they go, by the way, it's interesting. Do you know where they went? Where they stopped, listen to this. This is a true story. It's in the Bible. Where they stopped to make the sacrifice is the exact place within three feet of where the temple stood later on think about it it's the exact place where Ornon the Jebusite had a 
a place where he gleaned the, the wheat. He would beat the wheat with a stick and throw it up and the air would come and the hard husks around each wheat kernel would fly off and the good stuff that you make bread out of would fall back to the ground. Exact place. And so Isaac gets his son, ties him up. Now Isaac didn't know what was going on. He kept saying, Dad, where's the sheep or the goat? We, we got to have that to make a sacrifice. And, and you know what Abraham said? It's very, very powerful. He said, son, listen to this. God will provide himself a sacrifice. If you read that and you put a comma, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Now, what he was telling the boy was, God will bring a goat or a sheep or whatever, but God, actually what he was saying is God's going God's to be the sacrifice. Amen? And so he's got him tied up. Abraham's got a knife in his hand. Isaac's starting to figure it out. He's freaking out. He raises his hand, and what happens? An angel comes and grabs the hand of Abraham and says, Stop! You have proven... Listen to what he proved. You have proven that you will not withhold anything from your God. Because of that, you will become a great nation on the earth. Now, I'm going to tell you, almost everybody on this planet can trace their lineage to either Ishmael or Isaac. Everybody in this room probably can trace your lineage to Isaac. And, and let me tell you what's more important than that. The Messiah, Jesus himself, is a direct descendant of Abraham. You see how important it is when God tells you to do something? If Abraham had stuck by his guns and said, No, Ishmael's good enough for me. He's my son too. I, I'm not, I don't care if I have a... Listen, we'd all been in bad trouble. And let me, do, you think that, do you think that Abraham loved his other son, Ishmael? Of course he did. It was his son. And one day Sarah comes to him and says, I demand. Now Sarah's still got problems. I demand that you kick that woman out of here. You know, part of it was went way back. Before Sarah got pregnant, uh, Hagar would, would hold her baby up and say, when, when Abraham would look at her, she'd say, thanks. Look what I got. You ain't got one. There was bad blood between them. So finally, when Isaac was born, you get rid of that one. So Abraham goes to God. God says, yeah, do what she says. Oh, what a rough day that was. He takes Hagar and Ishmael to the edge of the camp, gives them enough food and water for about a week, and waves bye-bye. And I can just see it right now. Abraham's weeping, tears falling down his face. That's his son. But God told him, you don't need to worry about him because he too will become a great nation. Unfortunately, it wasn't the nation that, that God intended. And today we are paying the price because of what Sarah did. I want you to look in Romans chapter 8 quickly, would you? Verse 5, Romans 8, verse 5. You're being mighty quiet. Somebody say, hallelujah. Romans 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh. Now, I've read this, but I want, you, I want to read it again. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity. That means that your carnal mind is an enemy to God. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Somehow we've got a problem. Somehow we've got to get our carnal minds under the control of the Spirit of God. Some, somehow we've got to start thinking the way that God thinks and speaking the way God speaks and believing the things that God believes. And that requires you to bring your heart and your mind into agreement with God and His Word. 
Everybody hold up your Bible. That Bible is inerrant. That means there are no errors in it. I've never found one. There are things that are controversial in it. There's things I don't understand in it. But this word that you hold came from the heart and the mind of God himself. And if you will follow what that, that Bible tells you to do, you're going to be a happy person in your life. If you ignore it because you don't like some of the things that are in there, you're not going to be very happy. Sometimes we don't understand and we have to receive things as Mark 10, 15 says, Verily I say to you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Listen, sometimes you've got to have the innocence of a child or you're not going to be able to understand anything the word of God says. Now, let's bring all this back around to where, we're, where we need to go. What is it all about? What does God want from you? Have you ever, have you ever in, in anguish said, God, what do you want from me? Anybody in here ever done that? Because I have. What are you trying to do? Look at me, everybody. Look at me. You're not going to like this. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to kill your flesh. Because your flesh is an enemy to God. Your flesh will keep you away from God. Your flesh will stop you from obeying God. He's trying to kill you literally. You remember I told and I don't I'm not I don't have to go there again, but you know about I told about the roll of toilet paper. I said, I, I said, God, just give me a little three by five note card with all my sins on it, and we'll take care of it in about ten minutes. And 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 it got real quiet. It always does when I'm stupid. And I saw a hand throw a roll of toilet paper written on both sides. I said, well, and it rolled and it rolled and it rolled. I said, God, what's that? He said, those are all your sins that we got to work on. Oh, my God, I said, how long is it going to take? He said, all your life. How many of you realize that God's still dealing with you right now? He's, you're not done. And by the way, the, the real sad thing is when somebody in the body rises up with a religious spirit wanting everybody else to believe that they're somehow a cut above everybody else. Listen, don't ever let the enemy take you to a place of having a religious spirit. You know what a religious spirit is? Look at me. I hear from God. Everything I say is from God. You ever had somebody come up to you and say, uh, you need to stay behind after church today. I've got something I've got to tell you from the Lord. And yet in your spirit, you didn't feel good about it. Always remember a couple of things. The Bible says out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let all things be confirmed. And just because somebody comes and tells you they have a prophetic word for you doesn't mean you have to do what it says. What are you going to do, for example, if me or somebody comes and says, Thus saith the Lord, Scott, you're going to sell everything you got, give it to the poor, and move to Russia tomorrow. How many of you know he's probably going to pray about that? I was in a church service uh, years and years ago. A lady was playing the piano. And it was real quiet. And somebody from the audience got, this is a true story, got up out of the audience and walked over to her and she's softly playing. She didn't know they were coming. And this guy laid his hands on her real loud, says, Thus saith the Lord, if you don't start obeying your husband, all your teeth are going to fall out. Now, in the first place, what was wrong with that word? Even if it was true, God doesn't embarrass people in the church. That's not, do what? Yeah, kind of out of order. It was a lot out of order. And let me tell you, sometimes these people will tell you things, and you've got, you've got to be very careful. What if somebody comes up to you and you're not married, and they said, thus saith the Lord, I want you to marry so-and-so. Well, you don't even know who so-and-so is. Out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let all things be confirmed. What does that mean? It means you, you need to know of two or three people in the church that you can trust. You can go to them and say, well, Joe, Joe gave me this word, and then you tell them, what do you think? Well, I don't feel real good about that. Well, if you, you get two or three other people and they're not in agreement, then you need to not do what was said, and you need to pray. Amen? Because if you don't, it could cause you to go on a detour in your life, sometimes that can last for years. In the case of Abraham, there was a detour that lasted 
thousands of years and it's still there today. And you and I are dealing with the consequences. On 9-11, almost 3,000 people died one morning in September when planes were flown into that tower. I can't get, I was watching it and they didn't, I mean, they showed everything. I, I saw a man jump out of that building from about 50 floors up and he jumped feet first and he had this arm in the air and I could see the look on his face. I still can't get that out of my mind. How many of you know he died? But he did that because it was either that or burned to death. The fire was in his office. He only had seconds to live. Now, who was the author of that? 17 men who were Muslims that were told that this is a jihad. It's a holy war. And it is it has got the stamp of approval from God himself. And if you go and kill Christians particularly, but Jews also particularly, if you'll kill them, your God, Allah, will bless you. God help us. Uh, another one. I don't remember the exact number, but there was a video, I think it was like 30 men were, had their hands tied, and they were marched out on a beach. How many of you saw that? Each man had a, a Muslim man behind him with a knife, every one of them. They marched out on the beach. Another Muslim got up and read a prepared statement. They made the men kneel, both knees, in the sand. And when it was time, each of those other men with the knife reached around in front and just did that to all of them. Why? Now, let me ask you, is there any love in that? If, if you understand, how could you love a God that would tell you to do that? Now, you say, well, what about all those people when Jacob and, <clears throat> I mean, uh, the children of Israel came over the, the river into the promised land. God said, I want you to kill all of them. That's a little different story. They were under a curse, a demonic curse. I'll teach on that one of these days. But God knew that if that wasn't dealt with, that curse, like a plague, was going to get inside of the children of Israel and all of them would be lost, forsaken. Our God, we remember, is a God of justice. But to take innocent people who've never done anything and cut their throats on television, I think that's different. I think that's different. Just give me a minute. Won't you bow your heads and pray a minute? I want to, I want to know where God wants me to go. Pray for a minute. If you're here this morning, now this is not a game. If you're here this morning and you, you genuinely need a word from the Lord, come up here. You're desperate. I need some men to come up here and stand behind these people. I think there's more than this. Uh, Judy, the Lord says, what you have is not too big a burden for you to carry. You've asked me about it. How can I carry this? You will carry it. And I will give you strength. Take a deep breath now. Get real close, guys. 
Jesus' name. I also, yeah, just let her go. Yeah, gently. I also speak healing to your body, every organ of your body from top to bottom. You've had a lot of hurt in your life. Those days are over. Now it's going to be joy. The Lord says, as you raise these grandchildren, it will be joy. And there are other things coming you don't know of, but it's coming, and it will bring you relief. Part of it has to do with money. Keep your eyes on me, says the Lord, and follow after me, and I will make it all happen. I will bring it to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, guys, uh, there's been a lot of hurt in your life. You've been abused. And uh, been abused by men. You've been abused by, uh, there have been some parental things that happened that were hurtful. You have, there have been people who have made fun of you. They have scoffed at you. They've rejected you and resented you. And those days are also over, Right? Right now, I speak life and healing to you. Now, listen to this. I want you to say this. Lord, Lord I, receive I receive your healing. Your healing. I love you. I love you. You are my God. You are my God. Thank you, Lord. I just pray for her right now that you'll just touch her in Jesus' name. The Lord says the last half of your life will be far better than the first half. There'll be much more happiness I will speak to you and you will hear me, says the Lord. You will follow after my voice and wherever I tell you to go, you will obey me. Make sure it's me, says God, and not the voice of the enemy. Only receive my voice. Do you understand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> uh, Donia, whatever you do for the rest of your life, Whatever major decision that you make, you make sure that it is God speaking to you. That means have it confirmed by people that you know hear from God. The mistake a lot of you make is when you think you really want to do something, you don't want to know what somebody else thinks. And that's where your problem is. You run from the voice of God because you think that... that uh, you, you can hear him explicitly. Well, none of us really can. And, and Donia, God loves you, and he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you financially. He wants to bless you in your life. He wants to bless your children. And I, right now, listen to me. I speak healing to your body, all of your body, every organ from top to bottom. And I want you to say this, Lord, Lord I, receive I receive my healing. My healing. I rebuke the devil. I rebuke the devil. And every evil spirit. And every evil spirit. I'm free. I'm free. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm a sword and I'm a tika sultana alaska. Sword and I'm the lavatiska. Debbie, the Lord says, I am your source. You don't need to worry about anything the government can or can't do for you. I'm your source. And I have a better way and I will reveal it to you and right now the Lord says I'm speaking healing to you just receive it right there in Jesus name Father in Jesus name thank you for what you're doing with her feet and uh, all of her body Lord healer in Jesus name Charles uh, the Lord is is going to answer the. you got to know what the call is on your life Charles and I'm about to tell you Charles, the Lord says, you have a ministry of helps. You will be a helper to pastors, to people that are under great stress in their ministry, but you will bring them relief as you obey God, as you help them in their ministry. And don't think that this is a ministry that is less than that of a pastor or an evangelist. The Lord says in many ways it's greater. It's a greater ministry. And I've called you to obey me. And I've called you to, uh, to do what I've asked you to do in helping. And I will show you who to help. And you're already doing this to some extent. Just remain obedient to God and continue to obey him. And a lot of people are going to get blessed, including you. Do you hear me? And uh, God's going to give you... Uh, 
I don't know which ones, but some of the gifts of the Spirit, two in particular. One of them is the gift of healing. When you lay hands on someone, I want you to expect them to get healed. The other one is discernment. You know what that is? It's the ability to know right from wrong. Not something you make up, but you get that information directly from God. Discernment. Every church needs somebody with discernment. There's a lot of pastors that don't have discernment. And that's why their churches are destroyed. Phyllis, you need to do, listen, I've told you this before. It's the same word. God says go slow. He said, I want you to be a sponge. You know what a sponge is? You take a dry sponge, you put it in a water source, and what does it do? It sucks up the moisture. I want you to place yourself in my path, saith the Lord, so that every time I speak, you will suck that up. Every time I do something, you will see it, and you will receive it into your life. Every time I speak a word, you will sponge that up, and you will grow in me, and you will be mature in me. Go slow. And I'll use you in, in the ministry you're going to be used to help other people. You also have a ministry of helps. Helping others. You find that in the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. At the end of the chapter, you go and read it. You know, how many of you know God has more gifts and more callings than just the nine gifts of the Spirit? There are others that are equally important. And I speak life and healing to your body in Jesus' name right now. I want you to say this, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I receive your word. I receive your word. I love you. I love you. And I will follow you. And I will follow you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay. John, one of the lights. Uh, I want to say thank you again to all of you that, that helped with the Rummage sale. Also, uh, please remember we have those burritos for sale. I meant what I said. I'm going to ask my wife to buy some and take them home because a lot of times when she's tired and doesn't want to cook, you can pull one of those out and put it in a microwave and you got an instant meal. Amen? $3, that's pretty cheap. So, and, and keep in mind you're helping a real worthy ministry when you do that. Father, as we go today, we ask that you will bless every person. Lord, keep us safe as we're traveling tomorrow. Be with your people. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hug somebody before you go. This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you.